You're listening to The One Relationship, where we believe a strong marriage is the foundation for successful families, communities, and cultures. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're your hosts, and we've each had our share of unhealthy relationships. When we met, we committed to not repeat the mistakes of our past, so we set out to learn everything we could about creating a rock-solid marriage. Join us every week as we bring you real talk from our experiences, other married couples, and relationship professionals we trust. To start strengthening your marriage now, head over to theonerelationship.com and get access to our free marriage manifesto today. Welcome back to The One Relationship. This is Tanner, one of your hosts. I'm here with my wife, Kate, and uh, this is, we are live on Facebook and on Instagram. This is a uh, surprise pop-up episode on Friday. We were actually (laughs) sitting in our studio recording this episode, and we were like five minutes in, and I said, you know what? I think that this is an episode we should just record live. This is something that I think yeah. you know people want to hear. It's a Friday afternoon. Uh, people are online. So let's just jump on. So we rejiggered a bunch of stuff. We're on live. <laughs> We're on Instagram. We're and, doing it. Um, we have titled the, this episode uh, very purposefully jarring, uh, <laughs> The Death of... Of Kayla Riley. I am alive and well. She is alive and well. Um, but we live in a time of uh, uh, sensationalized headlines. 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 And so we've been talking about this for a while. And she's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know. And uh, now we're on Instagram. People are like, oh, my God, what happened? I, I flipped uh, out. It, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a just, headline. It's the name. It's don't the be name. upset. Uh it's just the name, and you're going to find out more. So um, today, I get the honor of interviewing my wife, Kate. For those that don't know, which are probably few, but for those uh, you know either new to our show or uh, seeing this over on my page, um, Kate was a DJ with SiriusXM for over 18 years and went by the name Kayla Riley. So we've been playing with this idea of the death of Kayla Riley, because she is no longer with SiriusXM, and with leaving SiriusXM, uh, that name has basically died. <laughs> Except for the people that didn't actually realize that wasn't her real name. <laughs> no, many so, people thought it was my real name. <laughs> uh, we're here. Uh, Kate, Kayla is okay. She's alive. But we're going to jump into, and and more so than even if you aren't familiar you know, with Kate's radio career um, this is actually more an episode I titled about uh, triumph, transition, and true love. I just needed three T's, and, and those really fit. But <laughs> it's more an episode about transition, and, and 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 an episode even more so about the journey of becoming um, somebody and something uh, you know that she had dreamed of, and then realizing that uh, you know that it was time to go and and do something else and make a transition. So that's the setup. Uh, I want to start out before Sirius XM and talk about how you even got into uh, radio and the entertainment industry and right. and and like why you even got into this industry. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I wanted to go to Seton Hall University. It was the college that was just the next town over. It was the only it was the only college I wanted to go to. And I even remember my parents are like, but what if you don't get in? You should apply to other colleges. And I'm like, I don't know. This is the only one I want to go to. And uh, I'll figure it out. If I don't get in, I'll figure it out. Um, And I did some steps and I did some extra steps uh, like interviews and things like that, uh, went in undecided and not a declared major and that kind of stuff to uh, help sort of my odds in getting in. And I did get in and I went for three semesters. But in that time, I really felt very disconnected from school and just just the whole education process in college. And I was doing some modeling at the time. And I thought, I really want to just model. And like, I don't need a college education for that. And so I said, Mom, Dad, it's going to be a waste of your money and my time. Like, just give me some time off and see. And so we agreed to have that sophomore spring semester and summer off um, if my career wasn't really moving in that direction. 
then I'd go back to school, which uh, it didn't. It didn't move in that direction. Uh, I didn't really want to be a model. I realized that that wasn't the industry I wanted. And so I, um, but I wanted to be in fashion. So I went to a two-year school. I got a fashion degree. Uh, I worked as an assistant buyer in New York City for a while and then realized like this isn't the industry that I want to be in either. So I went back to Seton Hall and I actually went back in 97, which was the year that I should have graduated if I went four years straight through. But um, but when I went back, I went in, I knew I wanted uh, some kind of public speaking. I wanted some kind of entertainment. And a lot of people said, oh, you should be a newscaster. So I said, you know what? I'm going to join the radio station so that I can get that broadcast experience. And WSOU, if you're familiar with Seton Hall's university uh, for, for their uh, college station, it's a hard rock metal format. And this wasn't music that I was familiar with. I didn't grow up listening to this music. I've sh- I've shared that many many times um, over the over the years that this was something that I discovered because of of college radio. And um, as I was doing my you know work as uh, just getting into you know involved with the radio station, I really started to become in love with this music. I loved the hard rock. Um, you know, people, again, if you are familiar with my story, you know, Seven Dust was one of my favorite bands early on and Incubus and Fear Factory. And I just loved these hard bands that had this like heavy and, and melodic sound. So I gravitated to it. And when it was time to graduate, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm in the number one market because I was just right outside of New York City. Uh, I knew I wanted to be on air. I'm like, what do I need to do? Like now I knew that I wanted to be a DJ and I wanted to be in radio and that kind of thing. What do I need to do in order to stay here? Um, Because it's very common for radio hosts to uh, leave the big market and go to a smaller market to get their footing and then try to work their way back to a larger market. And I didn't want to do that. So I became a traffic reporter. I'm like, well, it's kind of in that newsy realm or whatnot. And so I became a traffic reporter and I did various radio stations and then moved up to actually to do even some um, local TV stations with uh, Fox and CBS uh, through my, my traffic radio career. And in that time that I was full-time doing traffic reporting, um, I had been at a Seven Dust concert where I met someone who was telling me about satellite radio. And I thought, you know what, this is going to be, um, this sounds interesting. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to be more in music. I don't want to be a traffic reporter anymore. And uh, I just said, I was like, hey, you know, do you, do you need hosts? Because I need a job and this is a new company. And uh, and what year was that? So that was the end of 2001. So like 9-11 just happened um, in fact, I was actually doing uh, local TV Fox reporting of closures and how New York was at the time. So I was very much a part of what was happening as New York City was recovering for 9-11. And it was, uh, I think, somewhere around December time I was at that that concert. Um, I know, you know, I just remember The cool like, thing winter. is we still have some of those uh, those tapes, right? When mm. we moved... I was like, "What? Why do we have all these VHS tapes?" <laughs> and she's like, "Well, that's from when I was on the TV, the TV, on the TV, uh, on the TV uh, around nine eleven and, yeah. and over nine eleven. So we we have a big box. Maybe in our weekend cleanup, we can find those and send those out to get converted to, to digital. Yeah, um, and what, and it was so old school at the time that I would, um, I would leave my apartment and just hit record." And let it just let the tape, you know, run through and record, you know, however many hours I think I had VHS. Oh, you were recording it from your apartment? From my apartment. So it's my TV (laughs) recordings that I would hit record, leave my apartment. And then it would, I don't know, I think I had like VHS that were like maybe six hours. You got the extended And it just like, and it just ran, you know, right. It just ran the newscast. Like I just let Fox run. Um, and, and then, um, you know, come, you know, the tape would run out. Quick and it would shout stop. out to, to Travis on Facebook. He says, Hey, love what you're doing. And, uh, he, he remembers when you started. I yeah. know. And, and Ron, the TV. Yeah. It's such a weird thing for me. The I feel TV, like, it's like, I feel a like foreign, my, it's like, do you remember when we used to watch those things? Like, I feel um, like my mom, when she's like, well, I got on the email today and I'm like, all right, mom on the internet. <laughs> on, on now the, we're on the, on the world wide web. <laughs> All right, so 2001, yeah. uh, post 9-11, you were on TV, 
you're at a Seven Dust show, you're backstage because you're dating some dude from a band. I was dating a dude from a band, and uh, he knew actually the opening band, so we were in their dressing room. I didn't know Seven Dust at the time, but yeah. And uh, and you met this dude named Jose. And I met this guy Jose, yeah. And so uh, we, you know, we talked. Um, you know, he told me again. He was like, he was so animated and just telling me about this whole thing that I'm just like, but no one knew what satellite radio was. I mean, people were, I feel like, just getting used to paying for TV at that point. No one thought to pay for radio. You're like, is this a pyramid scheme? <laughs> like, what? What is this? <laughs> um, so satellites uh, up in the sky. I know. It just like... it was very foreign. But um, but I was like, God, man. I'm like, I like. This is this is more of what I want to do. So I um, so he's like, yeah, he gave me a business card. Um, I remember him specifically saying that his boss, like the the boss above him, uh, really liked very like neat and particular things. So he was like, make it look nice. And I'm like, okay, are you kidding me? I just got we are we still live on? Oh, pause. Okay, pause. we're back. Okay. I got a phone call. I should have put it on. Do not disturb. Um, so uh, anyway, I did. Um, they said, yes, we're going to hire you for just a Saturday, Sunday show. Uh, so two shows a week. And, um, by the time I started, it was like April of 2002, by the time we went through that whole process. So 2002, um, I started and I started on Saturdays and Sundays and then, um, eventually moved to, uh, Monday through Friday and then like, and then seven days a week. And then a, a second channel that, you know, put me pretty much seven days a week, with two channels so 14 shows for um a really good portion of i think it was around two so two that like around two that since 2006 i had been on two channels and uh, for a period of time i also did the christian rock specialty show too which was just like a once a week specialty show um that i i did for maybe about six years as well in in that mix um yeah yeah, it 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 was a great run so the the triumph part of this right because you had kind of talked like we got out of college and weren't really sure what to do. And you were taking and 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 maybe actually I want to back up uh, just a little bit because I sort of get the, you know, the droppings uh, and not droppings in a bad way, but just kind of the peripheral of people like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. That's my dream job. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know, how did you do it? Like all of this stuff where people sort of glorify like you working mm-hmm. for Sirius XM. Uh, yeah. But specifically with the and 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 what I want to say is that I don't think most people are committed to their craft as much as you were committed to your craft. And so, uh, like you said, you could have moved, you could have chose something else. Uh, you had sort of not necessarily pressure, but I'm just going to say pressure from your family about like, well, what are you doing? And and like, when are you going to figure out what you're going to do mm-hmm. and, you know, find your career and find your path? And you also, when you were in TV, you were working like double shifts, yeah. right? And you were like up at 3 a.m. and then back. So like talk a little bit about that because I don't think people have the appreciation for the stuff that you went through mm. to get to this place that was sort of perceived as a great position. And even inside of this great position, uh, there were a, a number of challenges. Yeah, so the first four years that I was with, and at the time it was serious, so it was before the merger with XM, um, I was considered freelance. So it was I was just paid for what show I did, which um, which is I mean it's very I mean that's very common in in entertainment world. You're you know you're a contractor, right? So um, so so I had still I was still doing the traffic reporting. That was my full time gig. And I, um, you know, starting that career, I, before I even got into, uh, Sirius, it was, um, I did, my first job was Friday and Saturday nights, the, uh, overnight. So 9 PM to 5 AM. So I was finishing college and I was working in retail for another job. And then I was doing, so I literally worked seven days a week with all different shifts of the day. Um, talk about my body being out of whack. Uh, and then once I got off of the overnight and I got like a Monday through Friday traffic reporting gig, um, and I was able to make that more of like my full-time gig, 
I then actually had what was called a split shift. And so you did the morning rush hour and the evening rush hour. And I would go back to my apartment in between the shifts. Well, before I got my own apartment, I was still living home and which was in New Jersey. And it wasn't worth to go back to New Jersey to come back to the city. So I would sleep on a studio floor. I'd take a nap in between my shifts and sleep on the studio floor. I brought like a blanket and a pillow and I just left that there uh, for, for the days. And then I got an apartment in the city. So I was able to, you know, take a subway back. Um, but then I was napping again. And like my body just thought I was having like two days in a 24 hour period because I was so tired that I would just go into these like really deep REM sleep cycles that like my body was all out of whack. So eventually I got off of the split shift. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I, I got different hours. Um, but in that time, I also did other uh, like just radio stations where I was doing the morning shifts. Part of the time that I was on for for the like that morning drive time, um, I was also I had um, I had moved back home for a period of time, which was farther like my parents were farther away from the city. So I was looking at like almost a two hour commute. So in order to be in the studio one, one way. time, one way, right? One way. Um, I mean, at that hour, maybe I did that was like an hour and a half. And then the way home was like two hours or something. But, um, but it was just such a long commute. Like I'd have to get up at three, two thirty three in the morning just to be able to get into the studio in time for makeup because I was doing TV that morning or something. Right. So, um, it was, it was just, a, it was a lot. And then, you know, I'd find the time where I would go in and record shows. So once Sirius offered me to go full time and be like a full time employee, like I jumped at that because I knew that I would, I, um, I still picked up uh, traffic reporting on sort of like a need basis. I, I let it go and just said, hey, call me when you need like a fill in. And I did that for a little while. And then I finally just cut the cord because I was like, my career where I want it to go will never go further if I keep holding on to this one job that is giving me some type of, you know, income or a little bit of exposure or whatever. Um, I just knew that that was not where I wanted to be. So I finally just cut the cord from traffic reporting, which at that point I had been doing for about 10 years. The interference was greater than the income. In the income, correct. Right. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I think whether it's in work or, you know, relationships or whatever, I mean, yeah. I think to me that's, a, that's about commitment. And uh, obviously, since the podcast is about relationships, I'm going to just take it in that direction for 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 one minute here. But um, you know, our mentor Bo Eason, we've been in a couple of of events with him here over the last uh, month, and and he talks about a lot of things, uh, but he talks about commitment, commitment mm -hmm. to your dreams, commitment to uh, what you want for yourself, your your relationship, and and your family. And uh, he talks about the fact that most people. Uh, don't get what they want because they're only like 98% in, right? Mm -hmm. We're always kind of leaving that door open. Well, I'm I'm only 98% into my marriage. Uh, if things go really south or it gets really hard, you know, like we could always file for divorce or I've got this one job and I've got this other thing, right? And and listen, there's nothing wrong with having multiple jobs or a side hustle. And sometimes you need that what for you a need period of time. Yeah. To pay your bills. Yeah. There are also times where it gets to a point kind of like I think you experience yeah. where you're like, okay, this is if I continue to do this and I continue to work this other job. I will always be doing this. And what I also recognized is as my uh, career was building in radio, I realized that that I like there was uh, I, I don't want to say this in, in sort of like an obnoxious kind of way, but there was some level of status, right? Like I was able to say, hey, like here's here's a name in the industry. Here's someone who's succeeding in this field but yet I'm going to just go back over here and do something that doesn't quite fit anymore. Like it did, it just didn't match. Right. So we're all for, you know, sometimes you got to take the job that you don't love in order to um, meet the right people or just get experience. And I'm all like, I'm for that. I, I don't regret any of my decisions and the experiences that I've had. They've, they've helped me grow so much. 
Um, but there does come a point where you have to like, and even to where we are now that I left Sirius, you know, which we'll, we'll get to, but, but to just to, to just bring it up is that it got to a point where we were building a, a business and a, and a lifestyle for ourselves that ultimately us keeping our full-time corporate jobs, like it would always keep the, the passion and business that we wanted to create still down here because everything else was taking a priority. So we had to say, you know what, we're going to take, we're going to jump, we're going to jump and we're going to take that risk so that we can do a hundred percent into what we truly want to be doing. Um, which I also think is an interesting thing. Cause we've had some like comments of people like, Oh, uh, you no, know, it was just it was just one guy. Uh, it was one just guy. one podcast. We'll get to that. Okay. I'm going to talk about Red Slipper Fifty Two. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> remembers the name. <laughs> so so how? But so you yeah. did that for a few years. You were like serious, and then the the part time traffic reporter. Yeah. So right? right, and then it didn't fit, and then you jumped. So at what point though? Um, let's talk about because to to fit with the title here, the death of Kayla Riley. Yeah. Um, I can hear myself. By the way, it was the volume. Uh, uh, the death me. of Kayla Riley. We were messing with. Uh, you were known as Kate Andrews. Like you've had a variety <laughs> of sort of fictitious <laughs> names. Yeah. So where did that all start, and why? Okay, so when I started on WSOU, um. I, I went by Kate and at the time in radio, it was common to have a first and last name. And, um, and it was also common for people to change their name. And I didn't want to use my, my legal name, my legal last name because I, uh, I just really, quite frankly, I was like, I don't know where my career is going to go. Like this is, I know this is something I want to pursue. Um, it's also a very kind of <clears throat> long, kind of hard sounding name that, I didn't think that it really sounded that great over uh, like on air um, and just, you know, from security purposes. So I just wanted to change it. So I took um, a different last name and I just created Kate Andrews. So I was Kate Andrews from college radio. And then that was my name for traffic reporting. And, and you just totally, you're just like, man, let me look in the <laughs> alphabet list of names. Um, uh, Andrews, first page. Andrew, Andrews has a little bit of a backstory. I don't actually want to say that, uh, okay. but there's, okay. but there's, yeah. yeah so there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, some, okay. there's, there's some history to that too. So I, I went with that. And then, um, uh, and then as I was uh, getting started on Sirius, um, I was using Kate and I was just Kate. I kind of took out the Andrews. I was just using Kate. Um, that was now sort of the trend that you just, you didn't need a last name. And, um, and we were making some shifts because the channel that I had started on was called Heart Attack. And it was sort of this mix of like metal and hard rock. And as they were starting to fine tune the channels, they um, they had me on Heart Attack, but it became more metal. And I'm like, I'm really not a metal girl. I'm more a hard rock girl. Like that's more my speed. So we moved channel. We moved me off that channel and moved me to Octane. And I just felt like I feel like I should have a different name. Like they're just it just didn't seem to fit. And and we and our bosses agreed. Like the I talked to my bosses and I was like, hey, I feel like I should have just a different name. So they said, you know what? That's fine. We're totally cool with that. Give us a list of names. And I'm like, cool. So I came up with a bunch of names that I liked. And Kayla was the only one that we all agreed on. So that's what I had put on the list. And that was the one that they liked. They didn't like the other ones. And, Do you um, remember any of the other ones? <clears throat> they were more like the girl, like the unisex names, like an Alex or a Frankie, you know, like things like stuff like that, where I kind of wanted this a little bit. It had a little bit of a tougher sound to it. Uh, it could be a guy name, but, you know, I'm the girl. Right. So it was something like that. And they just didn't go for that. And Kayla was actually I mean, maybe there was one other female name on there, but otherwise Kayla was really like the only female name and so that's what we went with and I was like cool so um and then as the career got more established and I was you know meeting more people in the industry and you know people were like well what's your last name and I'm like I don't have one because I don't want to use my real name and I did I wasn't putting Andrews with it like that was the Kate Andrews thing that was separate and I still had that going for um 
uh, traffic reporting. So you went so to I the TV wanna... station and you were Kate, Kate Andrews, Andrews, and then you got on the radio and you were Kayla. Kayla, right? So I was like, okay, now I need a last name Kayla for that. On heart attack. Um, yeah. Well, heart no heart. I was always Kayla on Octane because when I started, it oh. was it was heart attack and it was Kate. And once we moved me off of heart attack, then I. I switched to Kayla. So, um, but it's so like, and so people were like, what are you like a Madonna or Cher? And I'm like, no, that's not my point. Like, I don't want it. You know, that's not what I'm after. So I was like, okay, I got to come up with a last name. And I just, I went through all these different last names. And actually the last name that I really liked, but I didn't get good feedback on. So I didn't go with it was um, Christensen. I'm like, I wanted to be Kayla Christensen. And people were like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I, I just was used to this, like, that K sound and whatever. So um, Riley was the one that people liked. I wanted it to be a name that's, that didn't sound, like, hard rockish. It was just sort of, like, an everyday name. And I purposely chose that because I was like, again, I don't know where my career's going. I don't know how this is all going to unfold. I just... I just want like a sort of normal sounding person's name. So, um, so I went with Kayla Riley and that's how I, that's how I came up with Kayla Riley. And then in that time, I also, you know, really built a name around that. I, I, I am very, I'm, I, I say this in, in a very humbled way, but like, I'm very proud of the name that I established that is Kayla Riley. You know, it is a it is an identity. It's an it's an image of someone who is hardworking. It was, you know, it's a woman who worked really hard in a very male dominated industry. It's much different now. It's not quite the same. But at the time, you know, you look back 15, 18, you know, 20 years ago, it was very male dominated. And I was working to really establish this female voice and and to be credible and to be, uh, you know, connected with my audience. Like that was a very big thing. I was very, very connected with my audience over the years um, and, and, and wanted that because I'm on the air to entertain you. You know, like it's about you and helping you through your day. And I always just thought of that. Um, it's not about my life. It wasn't about you know, who I got to meet or what I got to do. I mean, sure, there's some amazing moments throughout my career and um, and some really fun times, like, and some, you know, not so great choices. And I mean, I think of sometimes where like, I just had uh, way too much to drink that night and like meeting fans, you know, or, like listeners. And I'm like, God, I can't even hold a conversation with them. You know, like I've had poor choices for sure over the years, but um but that's part of the rock and roll, I guess, you know, you just sort of you, you kind of figure out your place and your way in there. But I always wanted to make sure that I was still staying true to who I was and or who I am. And um, and I wanted to bring that positivity into my shows. I wanted to bring um, actually a God centered vibe because it's not a very God centered industry and that bothered that always was something that never sat well with me and i wanted to be an opposite voice that you typically were hearing in that in that scene um and not everyone liked that and that's okay um i think uh, i think i got a more overwhelming response of thank you for being that voice though than i did out of the negative um and uh, yeah, Brad says your voice is what kept me with them for about 16 years. Awesome. You know, and thank yeah, and there's you. There's a bunch you know. of uh, Janine and Allison and, and several people, uh, Marshall, saying, you know, you should be proud. And, and when you left, um, you know, we didn't do a really good job of capturing all of that. We should and maybe mm -hmm. we should go back. But there were literally thousands of comments of people saying, you know, positive, nice things between, you know, your social media and yeah. Octane and Turbo for Sirius. And uh, I mean, I was blown away, right? Like I've been able to be around you and, and we've gone to a few shows together and see fans and, uh, you know, help answer messages on on social media. So I know the, the sort of fanfare and the impact uh, that you've had. Um, but it was really displayed, you know, and there's still some people that are like, wait, what you left, what's going on? <laughs> no, right. uh, you know, and it's been a couple of months, but, um, it, it, what, what I'm, what I'm curious of, like what comes to mind for me and I don't want to, I don't want to like imply anything or put anything on you, but like 
was there ever like a like a disconnect between like you you've built this sort of iconic you know name and figure and and so much for people and then it's like oh but that's not your real name like was there ever like where you felt like this is an imposter thing mm. or I'm living a double life or like anything like that um I believe that I fully embraced Kayla Riley um this is actually a really good question I um I mean, everyone knew me as Kayla. Any new person I met, I always introduced myself as Kayla. Um, I, I just, other than, you know, family that pretty much has, you know, known me since birth, um, they were really the only ones that called me Kate. Um, so everyone I met, I mean, my best friend, some of my best friends, you know, <laughs> who I've who I who I know because of this industry and you know meeting at concerts and things like that who are now like my best friends uh they still call me Kayla right like they're they're like I'm never gonna get used to Kate and I'm like that's fine you know keep calling me Kayla it's okay I really believe that uh Kayla Riley is the extension of me and who I am as a person what I think got a little bit where I feel like I had a bit of a struggle is the fact and I um uh is is this like this god-centeredness that I have and this family-oriented uh mindset and upbringing and desire uh that didn't quite wasn't quite able to come through in the hard rock world and that was the only thing that I really felt like I, you know, I kind of had to just keep that somewhat more private. Um, I would have loved to have been able to find a way to showcase that more. I do think that the people who really got to know me well in the industry knew that that's who I was. So when you really got closer to me, you you saw that and you knew, but it wasn't something that like I could, I could, I felt like I could share fully in uh you know a 30 60 second break on the radio. So uh so that I think is the the part that doesn't doesn't quite come through. So I think some people just knowing me from from just radio and listening to me um over the years I, I think some of them are somewhat surprised like oh, you know, and and when I started to get a little bit more comfortable and even if it was just on socials to share that stuff uh, it, it backfired for some people. People responded in a negative way, like, who are, you know, and whatever. Oh, you know, you don't belong on Octane anymore. It's like, well, but I've been like this all along. So you know, what, two years ago, you liked me just fine. And now you don't because I'm saying it a little bit more often. Like, so it just, that's probably where the the biggest hang up was. Um, family has what I, I've, I've wanted since I was a little girl. That's been my dream to be a wife and a mother and to have my own family. Uh, so for anyone thinking like, oh, you know, like you left. And actually quite a, even some of my friends were like, oh, you're leaving New York City and you're going to move to Colorado. That's going to be a culture shock for you. I can't tell you how many times I heard that it was going to be a culture shock. And I'm like, well, I grew up in the suburbs. I'm a family oriented person. Um, you know, like I want it, I want family and kids. Like I've always wanted that. Like, sure. There's a city side to me that I'll always have. I love New York city. Um, I love the city vibe when we go to, you know, well, when we used to be able to travel or whatever, not right now, not right now, but, um, but I like, quite frankly, I love Colorado and, uh, have, and I have zero desire to go back East, um, even more so now since the pandemic, um, but it really wasn't a culture shock at all. So that, so that's where I feel like there's maybe some misconceptions out there. Yeah. And, and so, um, I just take a couple of comments here, you know, uh, Jimmy says the struggle is true in almost any business environment I've seen. And I, I just want to, I think that's a, a great mm. point, Jimmy. And, and thanks for being a, a consistent, uh, yeah, viewer Jimmy. and listener. We, we'd love to see your name pop up. Um, I, I do think that's true for almost any you know business environment, right? We your situation's a slightly you know different or unique because you were not only just like oh who are my coworkers, but it's like who are who are the listeners, who are the audience here of people that are that are knowing you, um, 
And I think probably most people not surprised, like many people in the entertainment industry, like it's, it's not their real name, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, it's, it's not their real name. If, if you go and look, they found a name that sounded good, that fit a persona. Go into IMDB, right. And just like, look up all the different actors and you'll see how their, their last name is shifted just a little bit. It's, it's very common to, to see. Yeah. Um, But, but what Jimmy's saying, you know, it, it is, there is this, this kind of separation for many people probably the majority of people where it's like well i i'm one way at home uh or in my personal life and i'm another way at work because you know i don't want to cause uh any 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 ripples with people i don't want to i don't really want to let people into my life i don't feel like i can talk about this whatever it is and and whether it's um you know <laughs> your 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 religion or your faith uh, your politics, politics is toxic no matter where it's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like your true beliefs and and what you enjoy, you know, people that are like, uh, uh, I need two weeks off at the end of August, and it's like, why? Because uh, I'm going to Burning Man, right? And then like once people realize like, oh, you're leaving, you're going to Burning Man. There's whole thing associated with like people that go to Burning Man. So you know, it's just a, it, it's just a, it is an interesting thing. I think for me in the corporate environment. Uh, I found that the more I became myself sort of integrated inside and outside of the corporate, you know, inside and outside of work, and the less I cared about what other people thought, actually, the more success that I had, Mm. because it's and it's not like I brought everything about my personal life, but I was doing some pretty crazy stuff uh, a few years ago on Facebook and <laughs> dancing in my underwear. When we first met, oh my gosh, he used to do these like shanty size exercise videos, <laughs> dancing, dancing in my videos. underwear and funny outfits in my living room. And, you know, there like, were executives. Yeah, there were executives at my company that were like, Hey man, saw your videos, <laughs> not quite sure what you're doing, you know, and it felt weird uh, at first. And then I was like, you know what? Like you can find out anything about me on my Facebook. It's all public. I don't care. I don't have anything to hide. And what's interesting to know about that is that from that time when I really started to feel like I was more myself that, um, you know, my career progressed into promotions to other positions, more responsibility. Um, obviously, you know, my, my income increased 40% when I really started to integrate myself into who I was in my corporate cubicle. And uh, I just, I want to just, you know, make that point for anybody that feels like I'm living a certain life at home and what I believe in and, and maybe even different with my friends. Uh, the same thing is true for my friends. I gave up a lot of my friends because I wasn't into the same type of party scene and the same sort of stuff. And we and both it did became a point yeah. where it's like, I'm not going to go out and get freaking wrecked with these people when ultimately like, that's not really what I'm looking to do and what adds value to my life. And so I just think like becoming more integrated of, of who you are across your family, your friends, your business, like every aspect of your life, it's you. So I think Jimmy brings up a great point and it's something that I would encourage people to, um, figure out a way to be more fully integrated and be you, wherever you are unapologetically you you are yeah unapologetically you and i and and i do want to clarify it wasn't like anything i did on air was false like i didn't make stuff up to just fit a hard rock scene it was I, i was still being me i think there were just certain things that i uh just kind of kept a little bit more private or a little bit more subdued um because of that dynamic. So nothing, nothing that I was putting out there was false. It wasn't just to be like, oh, let me, you know, have a shtick or whatever, right? Um, and and to Dwayne's comment here uh, or question, rather, it would it, it um, it'll be awesome to see that come out more. Like, will you embrace that more with? you know, the family and the God. And, and actually I will, like, I don't have anyone to answer to other than God himself. And, uh, I believe he's giving us the graces to be able to do the work that we're doing. And I believe, uh, I believe we need God more in this country. And, uh, and I am, I, I, I plan to be more, um, authentically me and, uh, and, and to show off 
how important to have some relationship with God is. And uh, of course, doing a podcast on the one relationship and pro-marriage and family, like that's going to be integrated as well because we are uh, really true believers of um, of marriage and that family is the most important. Your kids matter so much. What they learn in the household is what they're going to take out into the world and ultimately how our communities are going to be. And we're so divided right now. Like we've got to find a way to unite and be a strong family, strong marriage, create strong families, create strong communities. And so that's really our goal here. And, uh, and that will continue. We're, we're, we're still, you know, figuring some things out. And I know sometimes the socials, you know, I don't know, we're, we're figuring out socials and how that all looks. But uh, if you choose, like, if this m- means something and you want to still stay with us, um, please stay with us. We're, we're continuing to evolve it and we're going to figure it out so that our uh, socials will match our messages and what we're what we're about. Um, and if it's not for you, I'm totally OK for you to unfollow. Like, totally cool. You keep doing you and we're going to keep doing us. Please do, actually. It helps the algorithms to have more engaged people. So uh, if you're a thumbs down on this whole thing and I'm like, why, Kayla? If you're like uh, uh, Glass Slipper 52 on uh, on oh, Apple yeah. Podcasts, I don't think that was exactly his username, but there was some, something close to that. Anyway, uh, thank you to everybody that has, has given us reviews. Uh, we have uh, 50 out of 51 five-star reviews, and there always has to be uh, one turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this guy was clearly upset. I'm just going to take this this minute to, to soapbox this. This guy was clearly upset um, that Kate left and uh, wrote, a, wrote a review about how controlling I am and uh, how I want her all to myself and how she's going to regret her decisions. And uh, it's like, of course, I want her all to myself. She's my wife. Like, what are you? What are you kidding me? Um, but what the what what this guy fails to to not see in his um, you know fog of of sort of uh, you know whatever is that um, quite frankly, from my perspective, and I don't want to, this to sound arrogant, that um, you would not have gotten out of that career and something that you started to feel less and less aligned with if it wasn't for me and my support, but you didn't leave for my reasons. You left for your reasons. Yeah. And I, and I, and I fought for that, that, uh, that, that leave, like uh, we had talked about it and we had talked, I mean, this was probably a conversation that we had talked about for over a year you know, it started to shift. My uh, my mindset just started to shift with it after I had Charlotte, our first daughter, and it just became it just became real. It's it just was harder. Um, uh, sure, the environment. You know, like I moved. I wasn't in New York City where you know a lot of the action was and the live shows and stuff. But I was a single professional living in New York. Like I had, it was only me that I had to worry about. Now it's different. I have a husband. I have a stepdaughter. Uh, had a baby, you know, and and now I have a second baby, right? So now we've got, you know, kids to worry about. It just, it, it just didn't, st- the more the time went on, the more it didn't match up and the more it became harder and harder for me to have the, the, the mental wherewithal to be able to fully embrace the hard rock music scene and entertain you. And I think if you talk to anyone who I worked with, if you talk to, you know, yourself, like, and, you know, listeners, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I think, you know, you, my bosses knew that I had a little bit of a struggle um, and that I was trying to figure this out. Uh, I, I think if you ask any of, you know, my, my coworkers and, and bosses, they'd be like, yeah, you know, like it, it shifted. There was a shift from where I was from New York to to moving. So, um, so I don't, I don't deny that. And, uh, and I think in some cases it was probably very obvious. Um, but you know, I give so much credit for the people who work really hard at jobs that are physical, but I also recognize in my job, it is a, it is a mental tiredness, you know, to, to be on, 
Um, I, you know, to have to work with migraines, to have to work when I have low energy, I haven't slept that night because kids are up like to, um, find ways to say the same thing differently, (laughs) um, every day. It like, there's a mental, uh, power that is needed for that. Um, and, uh, and I just got to a point where it just was becoming so hard to do. I was able to do it for a long time. And the people who, you know, still do this and, and so many great talented people work, um, you know, on radio and, and who I, who I've known, I've gotten to know from, from our Sirius XM family, like they're amazing at this, right. They can keep going and this is their talent. Like, good, keep going, you know, like let them do that. It just became such a massive drain to me. I had such a hard time doing it. Um, and now God, I'll tell you, like, I left, what was it, August 14th was my last day on the air? Yeah. August 14th, last day on the air. I literally have not looked back. Like, I have not looked back once. Um, you know, there's still certain people I follow or I, you know, I still kind of check in on some some things every once in a while. But I am so engrossed with how our future is going to look and the business that we're creating and the couples that we're helping and who we're coaching and we're spending time with and we're helping with their marriages and their families. Like, I, 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 I yeah, I like, I haven't looked back. So there, so for that was sleepy slipper, whatever. Dude, <laughs> I don't like, know. I'm and, like, I do not regret my decision. Just so you know. <laughs> and, and, and I know that, you know, Janine said, uh, you know, just ignore the, the, the silly slipper, and which we, we you know, it's, slipper. it's so interesting. And I've heard we do. many people talk about this. Um, and, and I was screenshotting, I was going through and screenshotting and reading the reviews and again, 50 out of 51, five-star reviews. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. If you haven't left a, a rating and review. So awesome. We appreciate your your couple of minutes for doing that when you're on the Apple Podcast platform or wherever you listen. Um, but I've heard this said from many people that it's like the one thorn, or in some people's cases, you know, 100 out of 100,000 comments that are negative, like your brain looks for stuff that's negative. Like inherently we're dialed in because it's danger. And, uh, and so I looked at that and I was just like, like it didn't bother me because I know this guy's just having a bad day or he doesn't have the full context or whatever. Uh, and I have no ill feelings towards, you know, Ruby slipper 62 or whatever, whatever. It's just a fun <laughs> we thing take to this say. Stuff. We, we, Hey, we've been in the public eye for a lot. Like we take this stuff with a grain of salt. So it's and not I, and I, and ruining I don't, our day. Yeah. And I think, you know, we appreciate the positive comments, mm-hmm. we listen to the not so positive comments, but it's not any one piece of feedback that sort of makes or breaks what we're doing. I think, as you said, like our ultimate, uh, you know, <laughs> review is from God and, and, and what we're hearing and what we're feeling. And, and that's really what drives us. Um, but I want to, I just want to talk about the, the, the point that, you know, yes, your coworkers and the management at Sirius XM were surprised, but they like, it wasn't a total like shock. No. And it wasn't a total shock because you were honest with them. Like, I mean, always, but really like since you moved and then since you had Charlotte, you were like, yeah, you know, this is what I'm feeling. Like you were on Ozzy's Boneyard. You didn't connect with that music. You were honest about that. And Mm -hmm. because of that, you got moved over to Turbo Turbo. and that became a station and a, mm-hmm. again, I've had a similar experience where um, I was honest in my corporate job when I was not happy with where I was. And I think so many people, um, again, we're trying to draw <laughs> some some lessons here, if you're listening, uh, uh, that, that can be applied to anybody at anywhere in their life in, in different areas. And um, I, I think so many people feel like, well, I don't want to be honest with my manager or, you know, whatever your work situation is or in your relationship with your spouse. And for me, when I started being honest about the fact that, hey, I'm I'm not really challenged. I'm not really feeling fulfilled in the work that I'm doing. Um, I'm going to be looking for other jobs. I just want to give you a heads up. It may or may not work out. 
Um, I was very honest about that stuff. And sometimes I felt like an idiot because I was so confident that I was going to get this other job. And I told my manager like, Hey man, I think I'm going to be leaving soon. I applied for this job. It sounds really great. And I like literally heard nothing from those people, you know? And, and three weeks later, he's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, that it didn't work out. But Steve's like, I was honest at my last job and got fired for it. Yeah, you know, and, and listen, But you know Steve, what? That opens up a new door. Yeah, and, and here's what I would say, because I was going to say it's the rare case that that happens, I think. Steve's got a different experience. Totally understand that. Yeah. Here's what I would say to that, is if you're honest and you get fired, if you're honest and your spouse wants to leave you, if you're honest and your friends don't like who you are, then what good was that relationship? What good was that job? What good, like, what good was that yeah. situation? And there's a difference between being honest and, 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 you know, shaking and sweating in your palms and like, this needs to come out. And I don't maybe know the best words how to say it, but like, I just need to express what I'm thinking and feeling. There's a difference between that kind of honesty and like, oh, I'm going to be brutally honest and just being an asshole about things, trying to tell people how it is and how you think like there's a difference. So if you are being true to yourself, you're being honest, you're facing the fear that comes up, the nod in your throat, the sweat in your palms. And just say, hey, listen, I need to have a conversation. I still get freaking like physical physical reaction when i have to have difficult conversations even between the two of us sure you know like i got a pit in my stomach or and yeah. that's why we we really can't go very long without resolving issues because it's like listen the entire energy in our house is off if there is an issue yeah. between us so i i would just say like it, a lot of people that 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 i see and know and hear from stay with things that they know are not good for them. And it doesn't have to be bad. I mean, I think a lot of people associated when you left, they were like, oh, what's going on? It's serious. Oh, what happened? You know, like, oh, what happened? A lot of people, um, because, and I was like this with relationships, I thought I had to have a big fight and like hate the other person, uh, girlfriend or whatever, to end a relationship. And it's like, no, once you realize you can leave a job without it being uh, about like, oh, these people suck. Uh, You can leave a relationship without it being about your spouse sucking. Because you know what? If you always make it about they sucked, they were wrong, that was the the wrong thing, like what is the next person that's going to hire you, right? If you go into an interview and they're, it's like, oh, tell me about your last job. Oh, those idiots, blah, blah, blah. It was a horrible place. It's like, oh, well, if that's how you view the situation, then how's it going to be different here? Same yeah. thing on a date. You're talking about your, you know, your ex whatever and how horrible they were. Um, what are you going to say about them when you break up with them? So I just think it's okay for people to know that it's okay to just find yourself not aligned with the current situation you're in and move on gracefully. Yeah. And that's find, what you did. Yeah. Find a new path. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, we, we ended everything very amicably. I, I'm so grateful for how, um, Sirius allowed me to end my time there. Uh, they, I mean, got Vinny, um, the program director for Octane was awesome. And, just allowed me to like kind of have control of that last hour. And, and I didn't even ask and he recorded it. So I have it, you know, to always go back to, and he's like, Hey, I, I captured the last hour. Like, I mean, just super cool just to do, you know, the Instagram live and say goodbye. And so I'm just so grateful for everyone's support there that allowed me to leave in a, in a beautiful way. Um, and, uh, and it was emotional, you know, it was emotional. Um, but and to kind of yeah, I was gonna say, Jimmy, um, we'll we'll wrap here with this this question and and kind of tie it all together. Um, but Jimmy says here, how does it feel moving forward, uh, moving from a career where you were the expert in your craft into something new, especially with a growing family and living in a new place? Um, great question. I think um, with everything though, like I you can say that I was an expert in that field and, and I certainly have um, years of experience in that. And, but I, but I didn't start there. Right. So if you can, you generally speaking, 
can um, embrace the learning period of something new to say, this is what I'm excited about. Here's what I'm passionate about and embrace the learning curve in that. Then you can find your footing to then be an expert in whatever that craft is and to feel like you're in a great place of um, moving, moving forward. Um, I didn't know what I was doing as a rock jock. Like I, I just started, I just started and I said, okay, let me figure this out. And I just figured it out and I figured out how to, you know, talk. I mean, MySpace was big back then. Right. So I was on <laughs> MySpace talking to listeners and building a rapport that way. Um, then, you know, then years later I chose to start a health and fitness business. I didn't, I'm like, who's this rock jock trying to give me, you know, workout advice. I don't know, but I figured it out. I said, okay, well, what do I, what do I need to know? What do I need to do? Um, a a lot of times when we're in these new positions, we're there because we need something for ourselves. So I actually took to social media and provided content for you because it's what I needed for myself. Right. And you find a healing process in that. You find a growth process in that. And so I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just figuring it out. And then once I started to figure out what was working, I was like, cool, I'm going to just expand on that. Hey, maybe I need to know something new now. Okay. I'm going to work on that. So now in this position, sure. I mean, we've both have, you know, many years of business background. So we've got a, a business. Um, uh, uh, you know, we're a little business savvy, right? We've taken the time to know that stuff. Um, we've taken the time to learn how to grow a business on our own. So now it's a new business. And so there's certainly new things that we learn. Uh, we've made some major mistakes already. Um, and we're also saying like, hey, we're not going to repeat that from the last business. So we're, we're going to do it differently this time. And as far as the growing family goes, um, even more so, we are dedicated to this because of our children and because we want the family dynamic that we want, that, that we see for our future and that we can teach this to our children. Um, so even more so. Um, and I think, uh, that's at the end of the day, like the biggest driving force. Um, we know we have a lot of experience to share and things to teach as we are coaching couples and from our experience. Um, so we're, we're doing it and we're using our experience to teach. Um, and that like, we just, we just don't want to be selfish with the things that we've learned already. So we want to share it, but it really comes down to our kids. Like we, we want to teach our kids how they can have any dream and be able to pursue it and, and be great at it and master it and how they can rely on themselves and, and, God to get them through whatever comes their way. And, um, uh, and we just figure it out one day at a time. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's all these books on parenting, uh, but there's no actual manual. There's really no (laughs) manual, right? Like you just, you just figure it out as you go. And that's what we're doing here. I want to say one, one more thing. And I think it was a great question, Jimmy, is that, um, I started and again, I'll go back to, to my career. I started feeling, uh, pigeonholed in my career because I was in uh, the movie industry uh, it, it, from an advertising perspective, which, uh, wow, glad I glad I got out of that um, uh, mm. you know, just over a year ago uh, right. with everything that's happened there. And, and pretty much everybody that I know in that industry has now been laid off. And I can use that as an example because I started to realize a few years into my career, one, I, I, don't, I didn't love that industry. I don't like movies. Uh, I only like ads uh, because I, I like to do marketing and learn how to sell stuff. Um, but I, I really didn't enjoy the industry. And I was thinking about this the other day that I'm like, you either you have to find if you're not satisfied in your job or your situation, you have to find um is it the content or the context of what you're doing that you really don't like? And so for me, I didn't necessarily enjoy the content. I didn't really enjoy the industry, um, that sort of stuff. I enjoyed the context of what I wasn't doing. I enjoyed the fact that I was working at a company that had hundreds of locations across the U.S. that any given day I was on a phone with somebody in California to 
Arizona to New York to Florida. Like we had such a broad scale and we were doing things on on such a broad scale. So I appreciated the context um, that that I was working in. And so I think uh, it's important to, to remember that your life is a collection of experiences. And there's both content and context. There's the content of the work that you have done, the skills that you have learned, and then there's the context of the industries that you've operated in and the things that you have seen. I, for instance, this is a very small thing, but when Kate moved here, she was like, oh, this time zone thing. I'm always used to East Coast time and everybody's everyone's just always, always on later. East Coast time. And well, everyone's or just that later. everyone is later. Like East Coast starts first and I knew everyone was behind me. Now how, I'm in the middle of I, the country. Yeah, how do I know an hour ahead and back? And oh, I'm like, oh, I learned in my first job to deal across all four time zones because we had locations in all time zones. Yeah. Like it was something to me that it was like, and I've just become very cognizant. A lot of people still are like, Hey, let's meet at two o'clock. And it's like, okay, two o'clock my time. Where do you live? What's the time zone? I'm very cognizant of like, Hey, what time zone? Let me put it in your time zone. Be It's just like little things like that. Yeah. And so our life becomes a collection of experiences that allows us to, um, do whatever we want as we move forward. And the older that we get, the more experience that we have. And if you'll view it that way and not, well, I'm just a project manager or I'm just an engineer or I'm just a radio DJ or I'm just an accountant or I'm just a nurse or whatever it is and go, well, wait a minute, what skills have I had to learn to become a nurse? What industries have I worked in? What have I seen? And then how do I use that to go into a different direction? And we interviewed a couple yesterday, actually, from, from, from down in your area, Jimmy, down in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, the woman has always lived, uh, Jocelyn has always lived in Scottsdale, in the, the Arizona area. And she was feeling like uh, she was getting stagnant and that things just like, yeah, they were kind of doing the same thing over and over. They have a successful business in the relationship coaching space, uh, but she felt stagnant and she said, OK, we need to move. And now they're moving to North Carolina, um, one, because they have a lot of equity in their home and it, and it sold really quickly. So that was a big win for them. Uh, but it was predicated on the fact that she felt stagnant. And she felt that she needed to change her physical location to make herself uncomfortable to continue to learn and grow. And so I think that a lot of people, uh, we got the idea, myself included, that comfort was the goal. That to get to some place where you can coast through life until retirement, uh, and what we've come to, to realize and learn and appreciate is that you want to figure out how you can always stay a little bit uncomfortable, how you can always continue to learn, where you can be growing. We've changed a lot of things about our life in the last three years. I don't know that I necessarily recommend changing every aspect of your life. Especially all at once. You know, in a relatively <laughs> short amount of time. But sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes that's what happens. So um, that I, I would just, I would leave you with that, that change, growth, discomfort are, um, they're all actually really good things. And if you don't take a proactive approach, um, healthy amount of chaos, I suppose you could say that there's a healthy amount of chaos, but, Always but, but think challenge. about this is that the world, Karen, thanks for listening. the world is changing around us all the time. Right. And so if you don't take it upon yourself to be proactive, to change and grow at some point, somebody's going to move your cheese. There's a book called Who Moved My Cheese. Uh, somebody's going to move your cheese. Something's going to change. And if 2020 has not uh, been enough of an example for people to realize that in literally a matter of hours and days, businesses can be shut down and go out of business, um, industries can be disruptive, like pretty much anything can happen. There's no loyalty from an employee employer standpoint. When the money runs out, like, sorry, we don't have money to pay your paycheck. Like at, at any situation, and this isn't the last time um, 
we're going to see change and disruption. I think we're only going to see more change on a broader scale and more disruption. So we're a big fan of continuing to figure out where the deep end of the pool is <laughs> and, and, and jump in and learn how to swim in those waters before the waves come and, and force you to learn how to swim. So that's what I would say. Be proactive about your change. Be proactive about your growth in your marriage, in your personal life, in your career, in your friendships, in everything that you do. And uh, you won't have to worry about somebody moving your cheese. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. I'm so glad we did this as a live and uh, this will also be a podcast too. So where, where you listen to podcasts, please subscribe. We love for that family to continue to grow the one relationship. Um, and we do have on our on our Facebook screen too, uh, a number that you can text if you've got some relationship questions, you want to keep it private and just be able to communicate with us. Like we'll, we'll respond. So just be a part of that. 720 720- Four five nine four two one nine is a way for you to send in a, a relationship question, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep growing. Thank you for being on the journey. Oop, I lost my mic. Um, <laughs> thank you for being on the journey with us. You know, as we start this, as we figure some things out, and we learn to grow in our business and how we can serve you, like. Thank you for being on this journey with us and supporting us. Um, we want to continue to be able to provide you with um, the things that you need to be in good, healthy relationships. And um, and that's really just what it comes down to. So uh, thank you. And we'll be back the next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One Relationship. Be sure to subscribe right now. And we'd love it if you could do us a quick favor too. Please rate and review this podcast. This will help others who want to strengthen their marriage discover our content. To get our free marriage manifesto today, head over to theonerelationship.com. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Just hit the Contact Us button and send us your questions and feedback. Join us next time for more Real Talk on The One Relationship.